Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super Jcast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by David McDonald. It's uh, New Japan Cup. It's tomorrow, Damon. Um, slightly apprehensive because the last last time we previewed a New Japan Cup and did our pickums, it didn't go so well afterwards, did it? No, it didn't, did it? Uh, yeah, it's right around the time we were uh, <laughs> the shit hit the fan, as the kids say. So uh, I think we'll be okay. I think we'll I think we'll get through this one unscathed, right? Um, yeah, I can't believe it's tomorrow. I, I just, we just hit record, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is first show's tomorrow!" So uh, New Japan's not losing uh, any momentum coming off those fantastic castle attack shows. Jobs, <laughs> we're, we're, ju- we're jumping right on in to New Japan Cup. Yes, we have a jam-packed show today. We've got Strong, we've got Castle Attack, we've got New Japan Cup Pickums to do so. Should we get straight on to it, David? Let's talk about Strong, because it was uh, one of the more newsworthy episodes of Strong. We started off with an eight-man tag team match with Logan Regal, Sterling Regal, ACH and Brody King defeating DKC, Kevin Knight, Clark Connors and TJP. Uh, I thought this one was notable, actually. The, the one moment that stood out in my mind was Kevin Knight, the new young line, really taking a fight to Brody King. Which is something that left an impression on me. Um, I'm very high on Kevin Knight and excited to see his development. Uh, Clark Connors as well. Apparently uh, not a young lion anymore. So I'll be interested to see if he changes up anything in his uh, either his gear, his presentation, or his his move set. But I hope he's he a haircut. Used to... <laughs> no, you're not a fan of the hair. No, it's too it's too full. It look too full. I don't like it at all. I want I want to change there. Start there with the hair. I don't like the hair. And our second match was Ren Rita defeating Chris Dickinson in 7 minutes 51 seconds with the narrator special number 3, which I thought was a really good match, you know, sort of traditional old school grappling match, hold, counter hold, submissions. And that was a, a huge win for Ren Rita. I wasn't expecting that, honestly. Uh, and he's looking like a real a credible threat right now. He's looking stronger, he's looking more aggressive. I enjoyed the post-match little interview with Shibata where Shibata just came in and slapped him a few times and said, this is a chop, smack. <laughs> not really sure why, I'm not sure if Red had done something wrong, but it was 
entertaining as hell anyway. Uh, and again, I, I think Renderita also not a young line, unless I'm mistaken there. So a lot of people think, you know, they like the presentation of having the, the, these guys in the black trunks as sort of a homage to the, the New Japan wrestlers of yesteryear and Shibata himself. But uh, again, Renderita maybe wants to keep your eye on for the next set of tapings. Do you think he should be changing things up at all? But either way, it seems like the company's got big plans for him because he's got a couple of big wins under his belt here. That was a shocking one. Um, now, if you told me it was a slip on a banana peel type of win, uh, roll up, okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, to have him tap, have Christian get to tap was... Uh, I did not expect, and I and I will say this: a lot of times when when that happens, um, you you it helps to have an announcing crew help get that over. Uh, pardon the pun, strong, and I think they did that as well. So, I thought the entire segment was really good. Um, I I don't again I don't know the full. I don't want to say chain of events or, or like or, I I guess. I don't know how it works out there at Strong in the sense of what they bring, like what what's the criteria of people staying and people going and is it a per show basis or a per taping basis? or I, Who knows, right? I don't, I, that I can't answer. I don't know the answer to that question. But it does put a little bit of a question mark to me. Um, is Chris sticking around? Is he going to make those next tapings? Is he going to make future tapings? Um, it's, it felt like a, a, well, it wasn't, it felt, it was a clean as a whistle tap. Like there was no <laughs> controversy. It was clean as a whistle. Um, we've seen that happen before, mind you, but it was just odd the way that it felt like they brought him in and then to have him lose in the fashion that he did. Um, I don't know if that signifies future events for Chris. And of course, the match that everyone had their eye on the main event here was the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship match with John Moxley successfully defending against the challenger Kenta in 40 minutes, 25 seconds with Death Rider. Uh, I thought this was a great match, Damon. Um, I think they hit the perfect formula for the empty arena. It was uh, intense. It was fast. It was loud. And I think the announcers really helped with that as well. There was no no dead time, no rest holds, uh, a relentless pace punctuated by some really nasty spots. Had a bit of everything. Had, you know, striking exchange, some good submission scramble, some plunder spots. And I thought uh, uh, suitably vicious for what felt like a, a long-term grudge match that had been built, built up really well. And I particularly like the finish of uh, a defiant Kenta going out on his sword and, and saying, fuck you to John Moxley, even though he knew he was about to lose. So uh, Kenta ate that pin clean, but he still looks like a badass. I don't think the defeat hurt him at all. And I know some people were surprised by this, but I think it was the right decision. There's plenty of interesting directions for uh, John Moxley to go in, continuing to be the US champion. Personally, I know I desire to see the, the US title rush back to Japan. There's no need for it right now. Uh, Kenta doesn't need that title, and neither does the domestic product. So uh, what were your thoughts on the match, David? Like the match, um, I didn't think it was the greatest match I've ever seen in my life, but uh, I think you nailed it in the sense that they made the most of the the limiting circumstances that they had inside uh, the empty warehouse. Um, I was hyped for it. Like, like I actually, I know I talked last week about anticipation and and things feeling important. It felt important. Like it was one of those things where I may carved out time. To make sure that I caught it, that, you know, as as it was going on, 
Um, and that's and that's not there's not a lot of times where I can honestly say that I'm that I'm that I've been doing that. So yes, they 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 the the hype surrounding it helped me get juiced up over this. I thought the match was good. Um, again, making the most out of a, a difficult situation, I thought they did. Uh, I was surprised by the finish. Um, to me, this was all about getting the title off of John. And um, unless things changed, we would be right back where we started from in the sense of, okay, now now what? He still has the title. Now what are we going to do? Um, look, I think, I think everyone across the board, every sport, every entertainment facet of life is very excited to get things rolling again, opening everything up, opening it up. Uh, And again, we could sit here and debate whether that's wise or not, uh, given the current situation that the United States is in with vaccines and letting fans back into sporting events on a limited basis. That's what everybody's hanging their hat on. And the idea of that makes the idea of John Moxley holding that title a little bit more interesting, right? I think we have more possibilities. Our minds can wander a little bit with a little bit more uh, excitement, possibly. With the idea. Do you mind if I jump in with a question here, David, on those lines? Uh, Bash says, with Mox retaining, what happens to the US belt? Does it become a special title defense every couple of months on Strong? Does it get defended on AEW pay-per-views? And Storm says, who should defeat Mox in the US championship? So what do you think the future holds for the red belt? That's that's what, 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 it's, what it sounds like it's going to be, or what it feels like it's going to be. I don't think anybody knows definitively, but yeah, I mean, to me, it's now it's become, okay, the possibilities with everything that's happened in the past couple of months makes it seem like that U.S. title is going to be on TV a little bit more often and maybe defended a little bit more often and uh, possibly defended in Japan more often. Um, so, yes, it, it, it does feel like we're slowly crawling out of our shell and and able to kind of have this thing be a real thing again, as opposed to something that we had to push under the covers for a while because a guy couldn't defend it on television. Again, it feels like everything involved is softening. Now, Joel, the reason why things were softening, and as I explained before, is because companies are looking at their balance sheets and they're not seeing a lot of profit coming in. So when that happens, weird things in pro wrestling can occur. Because they're all looking at each other like, well, nobody's making any money. And well, what are we going to do? And this is going to pop the crowds and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, get people excited. Does that end? Does that, does that stop? That creativity stop as things open up? That's my only concern is that people do things that they would not normally do when the money dries up. If the money starts coming in again, 
would we continue this uh, road, this open door policy, as they like to say? Um, that, I don't know. But again, specifically for the U.S. title, I was surprised that Moxley won it. I'm, su- I'm actually surprised that, that we weren't clued, clued in. I'm surprised nobody told us. <laughs> it was taped. How did we not know this? Uh, but I am kind of surprised with the result because, again, the whole concept of this was get the title off Moxley so we don't have to deal with this anymore and we have our title back. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting one. And I'm viewing this as a trial run, dipping your toes in the water. If it all goes well and we start to see some successful collaboration uh, with John Moxley working these two companies stateside, then if it's making money and everyone's dealing professionally and, and holding their end of the bargains, then I don't see why you wouldn't continue to do that. So I think this is a way for the this partnership to get its foot in the door so to speak you know we know AEW very keen on it maybe New Japan were colder on it prior to uh, how everything's gone down but now there's the opportunity there for something to happen and we'll see how it goes I think if this is a success and it makes money for both companies it would be foolish to cut that off at the pass because there's certainly more money on the table yeah there is and if you're going to give any one of your titles to any North American wrestler right now, I mean, John Moxley's a pretty good guy to put it on, right? <laughs> and a right, right. On. I mean, this is a guy who just won the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Wrestler of the Year. I wouldn't be in any rush to take the belt off him. I mean, if the, the booking decision were up to me, I would definitely have him keep holding that US title, especially if it can now be acknowledged and continue to be acknowledged on Dynamite, then uh, it seems like a no-brainer. That's the key, right? That's 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 the key for, for from a New Japan perspective. You've got one of your titles on arguably one of the biggest stars in North America uh, on TV every week, you know, it's, 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 it's a significant thing. And if that title is mentioned and if it's brought up and, you know, there's still that synergy there. Yes. That, that, that can not can be, it it is a positive for new Japan pro wrestling. Um, If that doesn't happen and we're back to square one, I gotta be honest with him. Kind of left scratching my head, thinking, "Okay, we had we had our chance here. Um, why do we do this?" So I'm assuming, again, with everything that we talked about, that that's going to be the case, Joel. That it's that we'll see that title front and maybe not front and center, but it'll be there on on that TV show. So that can only help. That can only help. Okay, let's have a look and see what we have lined up for New Japan Strong this week. So, on um, Friday, we have Road to Strong Style Evolved, and we're starting off with a tag match with Alex Coglin and Carl Fredericks, who are both making their return against Kevin Knight and Clark Connors. So, again, very excited to see the, the pair of those, uh, Alex and, and Carl, coming back. Second match, we have New Japan Cup qualifying matches. So, this is not the uh, New Japan Cup USA proper. We have qualifying matches. I don't know what the field is. I think it's going to be a field of eight again. So, we've got qualifying matches for that, where we have uh, the DKC against Tom Lawler. I would expect Tom Lawler to go through, given that the DKC is a young lion, and Tom Lawler, I think, is a, an established name who you want to be going far in this tournament. I think New Japan should be continuing to, to use Tom Lawler. And then, third match is uh, another qualifying match for the Cup, Rocky Romero against Leo Rush and again I would have Leo Rush win this I think having a few of those uh, outsiders 
in the tournament field and raising some question marks over, you know, are they going to be staying with New Japan? Are they even going to be flying over at some point to appear? You know, I would love to see Leo Rush in the best of the Super Juniors. I think he would give the junior division a shot in the arm after they've lost quite a few stars over the, the last year or so. Uh, so, again, I'm expecting a really good match here between Rocky and Leo Rush. I'm expecting Leo Rush to win. But the big question mark here, after that match finishes, are we expecting Mighty Skull to appear and to do this angle with Rocky Romero? Because I think if it's going to happen, this is where it would happen. Right. And I'm hoping that they see, uh, you know, the, the cooler heads prevail here and they realise that it is a mistake and then they cut that and you know we just end Leo Rush gets spin one two three oh there we go Strong's finished see you next week a little nice abrupt ending there they've chopped the, the footage of Mighty Skull off and it never sees the light of day but I wouldn't put the gun to my head you know I'm not 100% certain on that Damon so uh, your thoughts on Strong those two qualifying matches and whether or not we see Marty Skull appearing um, I think I think it's a slam dunk logistic or excuse me, logistics aside, that uh, Leo Rush is in best of the Super Juniors, right? I, I think that they would miss a huge opportunity. Again, logistics aside, if they can get him into the country, if you can quarantine, that's not going to take uh, you know too much you know trouble for him to do. Um, I think it's a given he'll be there. Um. They gotta, they gotta do the right thing, and I said it previous shows. They have, they have to do the right thing, and they have to step up. Um, we've heard lots of scuttlebutt about uh, how New Japan wants to do the right thing, and uh, we, while we haven't heard that, yes, they are cutting the segment from the show um let's just say that that's that's been this that's a consideration right i think that's fair to say rachel yes i I think that people in the company would have seen the backlash to this and i know there was also a lot of backlash to will osprey and they're continuing to use him but it's it's not a direct comparison here because Will Ospreay is someone who's been uh, the, the company have invested a lot you know rightly or wrongly whether or not you agree that they continue to use Will Ospreay they've invested a lot with him and they see him as a big part of their future their main event future but Marty Skrull is someone who com- relatively speaking is disposable they could chop him off there and not really sacrifice too much so again I'm not making a, a moral judgment on that I'm just saying that there is a, a better chance of the company listening and Making a decision based on that, correct, correct, um, and 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 as much as we all hate pre-taped pro wrestling, um, here's a here's one benefit of that, <laughs> um, to say the least. So, uh, if we hear anything, I'm sure we'll. I don't know how we would do it, but if I mean we don't do Twitter anymore, so <laughs> hopefully by the end of the show we'll hear word. <laughs> Um, uh, I don't know. We'll figure it out. But but from conversations, it it doesn't feel like it, it. Look, they know the waves that that caused, and and the and the backlash that that caused. And I think that they, 
it may have opened some eyeballs. Let's put it that way. Um, so I hope they do the right thing because it'd be a nice, pleasant change, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? It would. Question from Tom. He says, who do you think will win the New Japan Cup USA? So is there anyone at the moment who, off the top of your heads, you think will be a good candidate to win? I... I, get the, I suppose the question is, what does the winner win? Does the winner win uh, another briefcase? Is it going to be a, a championship match for the IWGP US title? In which case, that's something to think about, isn't it? Is that yeah. a match that's going to take place on Strong? Is it going to be on Dynamite? Are they, is there going to be some sort of cross-promotion there? Uh, is it going to be... Uh, I mean, I suspect it would be a full-time member of the New Japan roster who is committed to the company you know maybe under contracts I, I don't know just off the top of my head Juice Robinson or someone like that even though that wouldn't necessarily be the most exciting choice but uh, your thoughts Damon who do you think could win this tournament we don't have the field yet so we're, we're flying blind here but your inklings yeah you would think a guy like Juice or David Finley um, who are in the states and uh, under contract would would be a a smart choice right um if we're going outside the box, would would you see a Tom Lawler, or would you see a Fred Rosser, or would you see? Uh, I mean, what about what about a young lion, or a former young lion, should I say? Yeah, maybe this is when you strap that rocket to Carl Fredericks, right? Or you know, you could strap a rocket to uh, Ren. Who you know? Who's getting tap out wins? Um, I mean, again, a little bit outside the box, but um, unless, unless, of course, you know, they're they're bringing somebody in from Japan to sit it strong for a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I mean, to me, I feel like you have to make that new that new guy at that at this point. Um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, aside from Juice, aside from David Finley, those are your top guys. I would feel like in, in, in strong that could possibly do this, right? I would have thought so too. Yeah, I mean, maybe a Jeff Cobb. I'm not sure if the timings line up. Well, I'm not sure if they've taped this already or how that all stacks up. But if he was around, he would be someone. But uh, I mean, he's he's in the actual New Japan Cup. So again, I don't know if the could it be someone who is in the, the New Japan Cup in Japan as well? Because obviously Juice and, and Finley and Jeff Cobb are in the New Japan Cup proper. So I don't know, maybe the field is going to be people who are not in the New Japan Cup in Japan. But it's all getting very confusing. We need one, but, uh, yeah, we need one of those those uh, California wrestling school trainees to slide into our DMs is what we need. Yeah, that's what we need. Come on. You know, you, you, you know, you, listen. You 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 hit up Joel. You give us you give us the scoop. We're, we're good. We're good with our sources. We're not gonna we're not gonna dime you out. But you 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 get you get in our DMs. Is that what is that how you say it, Joel? Yeah, slide into the DMs. Slide. Ew, ew. Uh yeah, do that. And uh, yeah, right. <laughs> that's my that's my offer. Do that. <laughs> Well, speaking of Juice Robinson, we have Finn Juice versus the Good Brothers, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows for the Impact Tag Titles lined up for Sacrifice on March 13th. I mean, obviously this is going to be taped because Juice and Finley are back in Japan, ready to enter the New Japan Cup proper. So uh, your thoughts on this match? Do you think this is going to be 
opening avenues for future cooperation between New Japan and Impact? Um, sure. <laughs> I mean, on a scale of one to ten, what is your excitement for the the Impact uh, uh, partnership, Joel? What, what? What? Give me your give me your thoughts of how excited you would be for a continued relationship with Impact. Uh, I'm unlikely to watch it. I don't care for it personally. Yeah, not a, not not the biggest Impact guy. Um, now again, this is a very similar situation as what I said regarding Strong. If people can get work and opportunities and get on American television, okay, fine. Uh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to hold off probably and uh, let other people be the sacrificial lambs and let them watch. And if it's good, absolutely I will tune in. Uh, But I will reserve uh, time for other events (laughs) during that time uh, unless, again, I hear it is a good match. All right, let's dig into Castle Attack then. Uh, I will approach this in descending order from what I thought the most important matches are. So let's start, uh, well, Sunday, February 28th, Osaka Joe Hall, we had our main event, which was for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship only, where Kota Ibushi successfully defended against Tetsuya Naito 27 minutes, 50 seconds, with a Kamigoye. I thought this was fantastic, Damon. I love this match. I just watching it and seeing how it opened up, there was some really grip, uh, gripping early mat work. And, you know, usually the, the early stuff in these main events is not very interesting to me. But I thought this one was very compelling. Uh, they both put a lot into it. Naito working Ibushi's leg. And Naito was selling that really well with his facial expressions, like this sort of demented look on his face, like he was really enjoying uh, taking Ibushi's leg apart. And uh, Ibushi did... Good job selling the knee for the first half, but then I, I was sort of, you know, whenever that happens, I start thinking, oh, you know, they're going to blow this off. But as they sort of transition into neck bump city, I stopped caring because it was so spectacular. Some of the moves they were pulling out on each other, like the, the avalanche Esperanza, the, the swan dive German, that lariat, that, you know, normally lariat of normal wrestler with a normal brain would take a nice flat back bump on that but no Tetsuya Naito decides to bump for a lariat where he looks like he sort of compressed his head into his shoulders um, yeah I thought this was outstanding the pacing the, the execution was perfect every one of those spots landed pitch perfect just looked absolutely devastating in, in his violence and maybe maybe their best match I thought it was that good and you know if this is going to be the last ever intercontinental title match I thought they did well to send it out in a blaze of glory with arguably its best feud I mean there surely can't be too many other intercontinental title feuds that are better from an in-ring standpoint than Naito versus Ibushi so although the the build to it and the storyline was confusing and cold in my opinion the match delivered in spades I thought it was excellent yeah I think those two guys did everything in their power to save this from um being a, 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 a complete hand wave when it comes to remembering this type of stuff at the end of the year. Um, they have they have wonderful chemistry together. They have 
I mean, they've worked enough times together in the past two or three years that, that you would think they should. But yeah, it felt different. It felt it felt fresh, and and I don't think that had much to do with the build. That's for sure. I think it had all to do with the two guys that were in the ring that are absolute pros uh, to help save this and to to make it uh, feel interesting and give it that 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 energy and made people give a fuck. Like people gave a fuck the minute the bell rang because all the dumb bullshit that we've had to put put up with this feud aside and the lack of build uh, was all put aside once the bell rang and these two guys went and at, and at the core of it, that's what everybody wants and everybody got. And it's like, I don't know. I even with the the and the, the post match and the um, the excitement of what's to come with the anniversary shows, um, everything in that ring. Again, from I'll even go before that. You know, the opening chords of entrance music to the the final promo. Everything fucking delivered in in that in that moment, and I le- and I I left that feeling. This this why can't we do this? Why is this? Why is this what we have here in in that time frame so difficult? Because even after all that was done, Joel, we had more mind exploding, head exploding nonsense that we have to deal with uh, after all of this is done. But for that moment, you know, that 30-minute that stretch, I, I got to be honest, I'm thinking to myself, why, why is this so difficult? Why can't this be it? Um, and I don't have an answer to that. Yeah, it was definitely... I mean, if we take a step back and look at Castle Attack as a whole with both nights, night one oh. was boring. Night one, I didn't enjoy that at all. No. Um, after finishing night one, I was <laughs> really depressed. But then after night two, I was like, wow, it was great. You know, New Japan's back. So I'm just sort of left in this quandary. My understanding of it is that I think, I think New Japan are still putting on great shows and great matches of the, at the same volume they were before but because they are running a lot of extra shows and putting on a lot of extra content to make up for lost revenue over the, the COVID periods and the half arenas that extra content they're putting out is missing the mark for me and it's kind of leaving a bad taste that we if it, were, if it had just been Castle Attack Night 2 we'd be like wow brilliant Castle Attack excellent but having had to sit through night one as well then you're kind of like uh, not not sure about this so it's not I don't think the the quality of New Japan as a whole has gone down it's just they've thrown a lot of it, it like my, my analogy for it was like you got this wonderful uh, sushi set meal like omakase prepared by a brilliant chef and then you're throwing a few McDonald's Happy Meals on top of it just to pad it out so you, you know there's extra food there so uh, yeah it's it's difficult to reconcile the those the two aspects of the product where you got night one which is just full of interference and ref bumps and b- bullet club bullshit and then night two which 
I thought top to bottom was an, an outstanding show. And again, yeah, it makes you think we just have more of the latter than the former. And I don't know, I guess, is this something... I can't make sense of it, Damon. I don't have a feel for it anymore. I don't either. And and, and it's like, you know, if we're throwing around analogies, you know, I'm kind of like, night one is, you know, it's like dad goes out and has too many drinks and is ranting and raving in the house. And night two, he's, you know, good old wholesome dad. (laughs) You know, you don't know what you're going to get from night to night. And that's just odd to me because... It's not like it's a hockey game or it's a basketball game or or a football game match. It's you control that. You control that narrative. And it's like two different people are booking these two different shows. That's the I got to be honest with you. That's the mm-hmm. only explanation I can give you. Cuz like I since the start of the year we we've had four brilliant shows like Wrestle Kingdom Night 1 and Night 2 home run. I thought New Beginning in Nagoya, home run. Castle Attack Night 2, home run. But then the other, the two Hiroshima New Beginning shows and Castle Attack Night 1 were kind of crap. So yeah. I, on a normal year, I mean, it's just the pacing has been thrown off because we haven't had Fantastic and Mania. On a normal year, at this point in the calendar, we would have had, what, Wrestle Kingdom and New Beginning. And that's it. So we've thrown in this extra Castle Attack. So if you'd said, okay, by end of February you're going to have four outstanding shows, I'd say, yeah, that's pretty good going. But because I've had to sit through all the other shit and these endless Coracle and Row 2 things, I, I don't know, maybe I just need to be more selective about what I watch because I think pretty much these shows delivered what they set out to do on paper. I mean, we looked at night one on paper and thought, uh, not, you know, we're not convinced this is going to be great, and it wasn't. We thought night two looked great, and it was. So, I don't know, maybe this is the sort of thing where... the <laughs> I don't want to say don't watch stuff, but when the, the quality is so wildly inconsistent from one night to another, it does make you wonder. But that's not the wrestlers. That's not the people in the... That's not the talent in the ring. That's booking, which can change. You know what I mean? Like, you mean to tell... Again, if, if we're going with an overview, because I, I don't want to go all over the place, but it feels like that's where we are now. The... Where you look at that night one with the just the constant Jado bullshit and the kendo sticks and the fu- you know yeah Jado and Ghetto and Dick Togo right it's like exactly the same formula and again I don't mind that once in a while you know do it once per show I'm okay with that don't love it but I don't I'm, you know I'm not going to get up in arms about it but it was it just seemed to be constant throughout night one and just oversaturating it and again I was not someone who was up in arms about it before you know Dick Togo interfering in evil matches like yeah fine that's okay but then when it's happening in the Jay White matches as well to a lesser extent admittedly but again he doesn't need that anymore and then it's happening in the G.O.D. matches as well then it's just it's too much right like like okay example you got Yoshihashi Tangaloa right so everyone's sitting there saying okay Let's see what Tangalo has got because we're all kind of excited that and Yoshihashi singles match put in a big spot, uh, right? You're, it doesn't. Right, happen. Maybe, maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves. No, I, it, I, I do want to talk about those matches. Okay. At some point, should we? Yeah. Yeah. We we'll keep our powder dry for that and, okay. and um, 
Yeah, but my point take, being take is Take control this. of the ship. Go ahead, right. go ahead. Right, but my point being is this. It's, you, uh, again, and this is not me saying that we know this for a certain, but to me, doesn't it feel like it's two different people booking these shows? Yeah, I can't disagree because they just, they seem so wildly inconsistent that it does feel like watching two different products. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah. Well, okay, well, let's uh, go to the semi-main event on night two, the IWGP Heavyweight Championship three-way match where El Desperado defeated Bushi and El Fantasma in 23 minutes, 12 seconds with the Pinche Loco to become the 89th IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. And I normally dislike three-way matches, and this definitely featured a lot of the tropes that I'm not keen on, like one guy being taken out of the match for an extended period. But, got to give all three guys credit, they made it work. This was way better than it had any right to be. I thought the, the demasking of Despi halfway through the match was a, a fitting and dramatic way to take Despi out and his return was very satisfying. Uh, Bushi played his role well as he was like the last hurdle between ELP and the title. He made some really exciting and timely interventions like the bit where he grabbed the referee's arm and stopped him making the three count or rolling out of the ring after eating the loaded boot. And again, I've got to give El Fantasmo credit here for three very good matches in a row so the the junior tag title match his match with leo rush on strong and this match where i feel that he's dialed back on the the really goofy stuff and is wrestling more like a serious junior heavyweight but also staying true to his dickhead persona you know you don't need to throw the baby out with the bathwater there and credit to him he has got that loaded boot gimmick over so much that when he was just kicking el desperado you know standard kicks the crowd are gasping now <gasps> Like, you know, because they bought this loaded boot thing to the extent where they were worried that El Desperado was getting, you know, seriously hurt out there. And I thought Despi, you know, we throw all the flowers at this guy, Damon. He was superb. He was the heart and soul of this match. I loved him hitting two pinche locos as a real exclamation point to show that this isn't a fluke win. He is the top guy in the division right now. And yeah, what did you think of the match, Damon? I loved it. I did. I thought it was really good. Um, I, I I had people texting me, and maybe this was their wake up call, and maybe this was the uh, uh, thing that they needed to shake them, shake some cobwebs loose on on El Desperado, as if you know the previous you know our goddamn match of the year uh, couldn't do that. Uh, apparently, this did, and it was. A nice, I don't even want to say a coming out moment for, for Despi, but it was a another star-making performance. Like, it, it felt like he was the guy. It felt like he uh, is the top of the mountain. I loved it. I can't tell you, I can't tell you how impressed I am with him, Desperado. Like he's look New Japan. We say it a trillion times. They know how to light the fire and make people seem and feel important. As much as we bitch the moan about the lead up to Naito and Ibushi, trust me, they know how to do that, uh, and they did it here once again. Um, I'm I'm fascinated by him holding on to that title. I hope it's a long time. 
And again, I know that we talked about Hiromu coming back. We got a built-in feud, and I'm all for it. But man, I'm I I might be more excited to see what the six eight months whatever it is uh, of him holding a title and 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 the programs and the matches that that he'll have. Like, it's, I don't know. To me, that feels really fresh. Really fun, a guy who who feels important now. Um, not that he didn't before, but you got you got people on the fringes kind of looking in, noticing how important he is. I don't know. This this one feels really good. Yeah, we had a, a comment on Twitter from Smark Infested Waters, and I look forward to the hour long El Desperado appreciation segment. So uh, she's obviously seen our show notes there, and yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Damien. He uh, Despy's a guy that. I think has always been one of the best in the division, but I think he's he's found himself behind world class talent like Kushida or Hiromu, Ryu Lee, Shingo, Osprey. But he's been quietly plugging away, putting in high level performances in singles and tag matches, carrying the junior tag division, and establishing himself as the MVP of that team. And I think his ascent may have come sooner had he not missed Best of Super Juniors 2019 when he got that jaw injury. But last year, you you started to see how New Japan were leaning on this guy and realising what a talent he is and how versatile he is. They were putting him into never title feuds with Shingo. He's in junior tag title division. He's the champion there. He's doing most of the heavy lifting with the KOPW nonsense when he was feuding with Kojima. He had an excellent best of the Super Juniors. Then he's back to the junior tag title work at the Dome. Then a three-way match here. So his his flexibility and diversity, that, that ability to plug him into anything and make it great is tremendously valuable and underappreciated. His promos are some of the best in the company. The way he's able to emote behind the mask is incredible with his, his body language and the tone of his voice. The fans love him. He seems to shift a ton of merchandise. He's got his own support sections in the crowd. And yeah, like you said, after last year's Best of the Super Junior Final, he's proved he's more than capable of delivering in big main events. And he's done it again here in the semi-main. He's the complete package for me. He can do everything. Like, tell me one thing that he can't do. Tell me one weakness for El Desperado. You, you can't. He hasn't got any. He's amazing. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm on. I'm on. I'm on. I'm on. Stop yelling at me. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm with you. It's it's he. And here's the thing that he did. You mentioned all that, and when you say it out loud, you're like, "Damn, okay." Bullet point, bullet point, bullet point, bullet point. Okay, I, yeah, but he he did that very subtly. You know what I mean? Like he did that very subtly because again, you were right. He had a, a look. If El Desperado were born in a different time, he would be a megastar. You know what I mean? Like he would be a megastar if he was born in a, in a different time. But he's in he's in New Japan Pro Wrestling. With all those names that you mentioned, not even mentioning Shingo for crying out loud, uh, Ibushi, you know, uh, for a time period with the juniors. I mean, this whole run here, like he's he's in with the arguably some of the best pro wrestlers, juniors specific, of all time. I mean, just, just yeah, go Kenny Omega as well who was a junior Kenny for Omega. that the first chunk of his. Career? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and he just, 
He had to be patient. And you're right. He was the glue that held that fucking junior tag team division together for what? A year and a half, two years at least, right? Uh, and then, you know, he's got his Noah stuff. Look, he's found time to. Like, there was not a rocket ship that was that was placed on El Desperado. Like, to me, what makes this even sweeter is that he did wait, he was patient, he, he and he grew naturally. This wasn't a strap a rocket ship to him and away we go. This was a guy who chipped and chipped and chipped and chipped away. Um, and, oh, couple people notice. Oh, more eyeballs notice. Oh, more eyeballs notice. Oh, now now we're now we're getting somewhere. Like he feels like the most organic star. Um almost in that roster, really. Just because again, all the talent that is on that roster, he had to find a way to 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 wiggle his way in. That's an to me, El Desperado is a, is, is a fucking captivating story about how a guy had to wait. I tell you what, again, injuries suck, Joel. Injuries stink. When, when New Japan wrestlers leave and go on elsewhere for presumably bigger money, and bigger contracts that sucks but at the end of the day it does move the plates so that people who are squeezed in the middle can kind of wiggle out and fucking grow and he is living proof of that god bless el desperado amen here here uh, more questions here. Sentient Amanita says, does Despy bring out the best in El Fantasmo, or is this just more evidence that ELP is generally better in matches with more people where he can't do as much of his shtick ear contrived stuff? I think there is something to that. I know El Fantasmo is perfectly capable of working a very high quality singles match. We've seen it before. He's done it with Will Ospreay. He's done it with Rocky Romero. And he's, I think he's done it with Leo Rush as well. I think he just needs to rein himself in sometimes. And yeah, I, there is something to it about if it's a three-way match or a, a tag match, he's, I think, more interesting to watch them. But I don't. I, I think he still has a lot of upside as a singles wrestler. Um, yeah, Damon, El Fantasmo? Yeah. I, I don't think anybody's listening to this show thinking that he stinks. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's the stuff that we, we talk about a lot. The, the reigning in the nonsense. There's a time for the nonsense. There's a time for the not. And here's what I really appreciate about him. It feels to me, it feels to me that he knows really when. Like, he might push the envelope a little bit, you know, and dial it up to a seven when we really need a five. And he might push the envelope to an eight when we really need a six of goofiness. But when we need, you know, it dialed down seriously. Like we need a nine, ten. He dials it down. He knows when. He knows when to push the button. Um, he's good. I think he's. I think he's good. And yeah, maybe to do three ways help that. I don't know. I haven't seen him in, in, in you know 
a lot of three ways to be able to 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 tell you yes or no. But he, I think he has a I, I think he has a firm handle on when to push the goofy button. Juice nine one zero zero says your personal feelings on El Desperado. How long do you think he should hold the junior title? Should he hold it till Hiroma gets back, or should someone else win it in between? Personally, I would like Show to win it by Dominion. Yeah, I think you discussed that already, Damon. I want to see him hold that. But I know it's a long time between here and whenever Hiroma comes back. But I think that is the money program for Wrestle Kingdom. I think that could easily co-main event a Tokyo Dome. So that's why I want to see long term and I'd like to see El Desperado get a long reign with the belt much like you do uh, so let's move on then to the fourth match which was the never open weight championship match with the champion Hiroshi Tanahashi defeating the challenger Great Okan in 80 minutes 44 seconds with a rolling armbar I thought this was better than the Wrestle Kingdom match and the Wrestle Kingdom match that I thought was really good and it felt like this one had escalated in, in stakes in violence uh, I think Okan is getting better each time he goes out there, he's adding new moves that look nasty and fit the gimmick of this wild man who's going to stretch you and, and beat you down and throw you around and, and bully you and brutalise you. Like that, that awesome looking reverse stretch spinning slam move that he did near the end. I think his selling and his bumping are consistently good. He always makes his opponents look good. And I thought he added something in this match that I've been missing up to this point in the form of an exciting closing stretch that showed a, a clear escalation in gear, which... Is the icing on the cake for me, and the thought you know, did actually pop into my head of whether he is currently doing a superior version of what Evil's trying to do, both in ring and on the mic. But uh, yes, I, I, yeah, you with me on that? I'm totally well, let, with you on that. Let's stick a pin in that for now. I, I'll, I'll hand you the baton in a minute, but I just want to talk about the finish here because I did expect Okan to win the match, so I do have questions about Okan's booking because I think he needs to win one of these big matches soon. Dare I say tomorrow? Uh, but the Tanahashi pin, I think, came in a way that still made Okan look strong. I lo- like in that closing stretch when he no-sold a couple of sling blades and he fired back with that huge lariat. Eventually got overzealous, was caught out by the candy veteran. So I don't think the loss really hurts him here, but he needs to pick up something soon. And there was that little side story with Yota Suji, which was nice, a little bit corny. An unnecessary ref rub. But overall, I thought this was Okan's best match in the company by far. So... Uh, over to you, David. What would you, what do you think of it? Yep, agree one hundred percent. Again, f- first let's let's throw some flowers at, at Hiroshi Tanahashi, who once again uh, is, is miraculous in the fact that his body can hold up. Uh, just the smartest, everything like he does means something to him in a match. Um, and I love the fact that he's working a program with Okan, who again every time you see him get in the ring. Leaps and bounds, leaps and bounds, leaps and bounds improvement. And when you're working with the, you know, the best wrestler of the past decade or so, uh, and even more, um, you're going to pick up some things that you, even by mistake. Uh, two, we talked about Okan getting more comfortable in his gimmick and his presentation and and what his character is. Uh, I think his entrance is one of the greatest entrances in pro wrestling. And that it could very easily slide into complete over the top goofiness, right? But his uh, dance, uh, emulate you know, the Walking Dead, whatever you know, it's it works. It fucking works. Yeah, it's because he's got complete one hundred percent 
conviction in that character. If he didn't, if he it would be- went in there with any kind of doubt, then it would the whole thing would fall apart and it would look ridiculous. But it's because he he eats and sleeps and lives and breathes that gimmick. He is the great Ocon. That's why it works. Correct, one hundred percent. And that will only get better, right? That will only get better um, as that as that confidence grows. In ring, again, he looks like a star. He looks and feels like a star. The work will all come together even more the more that he gets these these type of opportunities and learning opportunities in big spots. Um, you're right. He does need a a win. I was surprised that he that he that that he lost. I thought this was a slam dunk win. Um, our prediction stunk, by the way. <laughs> come to think of it. Uh, and you're right. Like I don't want him to be eating too many more pinfalls. Um, again, Tanahashi understood. Fine. We we need to pick up some wins here. Like I don't want him to be turning into mid car jobber Okan. Um, he, I, I, that when you said he is what evil should have been, you read my mind because that's exactly what I was thinking during this match. Like to me, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, he, it's evil. I'm going to try to to put my my thoughts into words. It's evil. Better. It's it's, and and people are going to say, well, it's a completely different gimmick, and I I don't, I think they're in the same world, right? Um, I don't know. I th- I think for me, Okan has done more in his time debuting in ring than evil had in that same time period. Um, I think he's the star of the fucking show when it comes to the, uh, the empire United empire. Like, I feel like he's the guy. Uh, look, I, I, truth be told when he debuted at rev pro, I did not know what the fuck I was looking at. No clue what I was looking at. And I even was went so far as to say, this guy, what 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 are we doing here? What are they? There's no way they bring back this gimmick back to New Japan. I was like, there's just no fucking way. Boy, was I dead wrong. And I, I'm going to say something else too. When I'm that hardcore, what is this shit? And then it like when I'm dead wrong. And then I come around. Usually it's great. You know what I mean? Usually the end result equals greatness. And I'll give you one perfect example. Naito. Naito is a guy that when he started doing this Los Ingobernables bullshit, I was like, what the fuck is this? He doesn't care? Why would I care? Blah, blah, blah. You go back and listen to the shows. It's all there. Now look at him. Now look at him. A guy who loses every big match. <laughs> now look at him. Uh, look, Okan is a fucking star. And if you're not on board, I don't know, man. I don't know what to tell you. This product's not for you. 
Right, let's talk about this uh, Gorillas of Destiny versus Chaos feud. So we had an IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match with uh, Gorillas of Destiny successfully defending against Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto 15 minutes 46 after a gun stun. And I thought that this tag title match was pretty good for what it was. You know, third on the card, 50 minutes. I thought they, they did about as much as they could here. But my excitement and enthusiasm for the division has a pretty hard ceiling when G.O.D. are involved. Um, I thought there was, there's actually more to talk about with the singles matches. They were a bit more interesting and with specifically Tangaloa against Yoshihashi, I thought they would the green shoots of something good in that match. I think Tangaloa has improved a ton since his last singles match in Japan. But I still have a suspicion that he is better as a tag wrestler and that's where he's going to stay long term. But if they're going to push the boat out with him as a singles guy or at least test the water a bit more, he needs more reps because yeah. you know, having three singles matches in the last four years, you know, how, how can you expect him to be improved as a singles wrestler uh, at that rate? But... Um, yeah, I, I quite liked all the screaming he did, but maybe a bit too much for a singles match against Yoshihashi with nothing on the line. Like, he needs to save some of that for the big moments, like, you know, keep something in his locker. So, the, the match had this sort of strange dynamics where Tangelo was getting his arm worked by the more experienced Yoshihashi, which, yeah, it made sense, but we all, we want to see Tangelo beat the shit out of people because he's a big, strong dude, he's angry, he's aggressive. I want to see him do that, not selling his arm. So, I think there's plenty to work on there. Uh, I don't have anything to say about Tamo versus Goto, aside from the fact that I think both guys are also better as tag team wrestlers right now. You know, we all know Goto can put on great singles matches, but I, I think he's got more value in the heavyweight tag and, and never tag division right now. And yeah, all of the Jado Kendo stick spots with big eye roll within the context of all the other Bullet Club bullshit on night one. Uh, so yeah, Damon, what were your thoughts on the, uh, the, the, the two singles match? The tag? Totally yeah. disappointed. Yep. Uh, again. The interference was unnecessary. Uh, the only reason it felt like at the end of the day we had these two singles matches, as much as we wanted to speculate, as much as we wanted to hope, as much as we wanted uh, an idea of guys putting on a show and, and showing the office what they can do, this was done because it was a fucking placeholder on a show to build up to the tag match the next night. You know what I mean? Well, not, maybe not the next thing, but the next show. That's all. That's at the end of the day. That's all those two matches were. Because, okay, yes, we got Yoshihashi in, in New Japan Cup, right? Where's Where's Tangaloa? Where's Tamatanga? You know, it makes no sense. Like, like, I don't know. Like if like well, they might maybe, be back in the states because okay, fine. Well, I mean, I don't, I've got another question about that, but you you go ahead first. It just feels like what what was the the point was they needed placeholders placeholder matches in in night one to help tell a story for the for the tag titles, and they do that. That's fine, but I think everybody was kind of looking forward to seeing a little bit more single stuff, and I don't think we're going to get that. And and what they did do in the ring didn't give anyone any reason to really clamor for it anymore. That's that's what that's I think is the most disappointing part is that the experiment wasn't really an experiment. It was really just basic booking 101 of singles. You know, they're going to be in a tag match later. We're going to put them in a singles match and. uh and we're going to throw in some uncreative booking to, uh, to, to boot. 
I don't, yeah, says, what's your percentage of chance that Tamatonga and Tangaloa are showing up on AW Dynamite this month with the IWGP Tag Team Championship belts? They did call out the Good Brothers, Anderson Gallows, in their post-match promo, but they were cut out. That They cut that bit out of the video where they put it up on YouTube in New Japan World later. So I don't know how much you would read into that because obviously, I mean, there is a deal with Impact. So I don't know why they would have removed that. But yeah, where do you expect to see Gorillas of Destiny popping up next? Um, if they're in the States... I would I would say Impact would be the easy choice. I don't think they show up at AEW. Let's move on to night one then, and the main event of night one, which was a special singles match, because each got a card of defeating Evil in 28 minutes, 11 seconds with the Rainmaker. Uh, tap or nap. I've been clipped, Damon. I fell asleep twice during this match, and I'm not going back to rewatch it, and you can't make me. But uh, from what I saw before passing out, it looked like money clip, uh, sleepy Okada, but with a Rainmaker thrown in at the end. Uh, and I also, not only the match, but I got questions about Okada's promos, where it, it almost feels like he's shooting on the company and the booking, and, and that's not good. And again, I'm, I'm questions over Evil's booking, because... He's basically lost most of, if not all of the credibility that he gained from winning the titles in the first place. He, he needs a strong New Japan Cup run, but does he deserve one? I don't know, man. Uh, but based on this output, I don't really want to see either of them wrestling too many more singles matches in the next few weeks. Um, and I was discussing this with Manabu, actually. I think there is a danger of New Japan missing the boat on some of these hot feuds. Like, everyone was excited for Evil versus Jay White a couple of months ago, but I'm... I don't, I don't care about it now. I don't want to see it, which, you know, that, that was one of the few options on the table for Evil that I think would help to heat him up. But both of these guys just feel ice cold right now. Uh, which is amazing to me, putting Okada in that. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club Slab Pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you, you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying oh, hey look at some random cards or whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club you can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, 
Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. in that sentence, you know, considering his resume. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, th- th- when people point fingers at New Japan not being uh, as hot as it once was, I think a lot of people point their fingers at him and what's going on with him. And the challenges that they have of, of seeing a guy who – um, was, you know, arguably a lot of people's favorite and a lot of people's slam dunk wrestler of the year consistently year after year. And a guy who was easily, you know, if you had an Okada main event, you know you were getting gold. Um, even if the rest of the card sucked, you knew that he was, you know, he was the saving grace of many shows and it's just not there and now we're going on well over a year um and it's just a head scratcher i I don't know like i don't mind guys experimenting with um their character and and trying something new and trying something fresh and um you know, spicing it up a little bit. You can't be the same guy over and over again. Um, but boy, oh boy, this is. Can we can we agree this is not working here? And evil, I'm 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 done with evil. Like he like you said, the momentum that he lost since winning that title, he has zero. Evil has become instant fast-forward material. Instant fast-forward material. There is nothing that he is doing that is even remotely interesting. Nothing. And what do you, he do you blame is, that on him or do you blame that on the booking? 
there's uh, when I say him, it's it's the booking, right? It's the booking. Now again, in ring, you're responsible by and large for making these matches great. I mean, I'm sure you have direction from the booking team, but you know, I'll. It's you know, let's be honest here. It's a combination of both. I think it's more booking. Like if like it's. I, I guess it doesn't really matter, does it? I mean, if it's bad to watch, it's bad to watch. Whoever you're pointing the finger at, and yeah, he, but he's one of those guys where it's like double dip. You know, you're you're double dipping. Like like is like honestly, is 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 Okada a bad wrestler? No. Right? Is he being booked poorly? Yes. Is he trying to shove that fucking money clip down people's throats? That <laughs> compare the money clip to ELP's boot, <laughs> right? Something is something with total nonsense. Compare yeah, it the two. It took ELP two months right. to get the loaded boot over. Yeah. To the point at which it's, a, I think, a far superior finisher to his dick punch and. CR2 right. thing that he was doing before. O'Connor's been doing the money clip in massive, massive spots for what six months now, and it's still drawing the, a reaction like a, a fight in church, as you would say. Yep. Hey, uh, great O'Con with the claw. I'm not the biggest fan of a claw in general, right? I think it's a little bit of a silly move. Okay, but that's just me. That's more over than the fucking money clip. The money clip is, is, has gotten over because people love to complain about the money clip. That's, that's how it's over. And especially when, I don't, whatever. Like, look, I, I feel like Okada wrestles in slow motion. I feel like there's no juice in his game. There's no pep in his step. He's got to be sick and tired of working with fucking evil. That's it, because we, we saw at Wrestle Kingdom him putting in in a classic performance against Will Ospreay. So when he wants to, he can be that Okada. So it's really difficult to sympathise or empathise, have any sort of emotional connection with a character who looks, you know, like someone who just doesn't give a shit. Yeah. I I hate to say it, but yeah. That's, that's what you're getting. That's what, that's what people are, are upset about and complaining about. Let me say to all the AEW fans who are hoping that Okada comes over to do Dynamite, be careful you what you wish for, my friends. Yeah. Uh. What do we do with him, Joel? Win the New Japan you. Cup. <laughs> you think he's winning? I don't know. I can't rule it out. I mean, we'll come on to that later, but you know, he did pick up a win here in the main event at Osaka Joe Hall. So, not for nothing, Damon, but We'll see when we come to our pickers, but maybe we should move on. Let's uh, talk about the fifth match, if you're okay with that. Jay White yeah. defeating Tomohiro Ishii in 25 minutes 42 with Blade Runner. Uh, I thought this was one of their best matches together. I think they're you know, two guys who've had really good matches together in the past, but I, I particularly like this one. I liked the, the rib work. I think these guys um, always work well together, like I said, because uh, the, the rhythm that they wrestle at really complements one another with Jay having the longer periods of methodical control and then Ishii being a, a good seller and then firing back with a little flurries of violence to, to punctuate Jay's dominance. Uh, they do, however, have a tendency to go for these elaborate 
closing stretches with the finishing reversal dances. And I think that is a slippery slope. It can very easily end up looking really choreographed and fake. And it was towing that line for sure here. I'm not against them at all, but the less often you do them and the shorter they are, the more effective they are. I mean, like the, the gold standard for, for this would be something like the, the closing of Omega Okada at Wrestle Kingdom 11, which I, I know is an extremely high bar, but we should always be aiming for the stars, Damon. So uh, Jay finally gets the Ishii monkey off his back, but I'm curious as to where he goes from here because he seems like the same Jay White as always. And I'm looking for some breadcrumbs here that, that were going somewhere with him. I mean, I love J- heel Jay White, but for him to just shake off that Wrestle Kingdom 50 meltdown and go back to normal would be a waste, in my opinion. So again, I, I am looking for some sort of character development here. So, uh, David, what do you think of Jay against Ishii? I thought it was good. Um, the the idea that this that was the puncture you know the exclamation point on the on this we'll call it feud um it, you know we're, we're we're done and over with um is okay by me because i think that there's bigger fish for jay white to be able to fry um the the, the problem that i have is that there's been you know i think everybody's i don't know if everybody wants but it feels like everybody's kind of in that Jay White, subtle, slow build, bullet club, dissension, et cetera, et cetera thing. And I just don't see that that on the horizon. Um, and maybe we're too far away from it, but I don't see that. So now it's like, okay, where where does Jay White go? Because a month or two ago, he was like the fucking hottest guy in the company without even being there. <laughs> um so it's so it's a little bit of a head scratcher because I don't know to me, and I don't know if you feel this way. I feel like that momentum is lost. That that Jay White buzz yeah. is lost. That's like what I was saying before. Like I was talking to Manabu about New Japan missing the boat on you know not striking while the iron's hot, and I don't know if this is because they want to save stuff for when they can fully sell out again. But that's a really dangerous game to play. I wouldn't advise doing that. I mean that's that's you know that's one uh, COVID person spreading it to a restaurant away. You know that's uh, yeah. You, you, I don't know how you can do that in this day and age. You got to go with. I mean, I'm not saying hot shot everything, but yeah. I mean, if the look, I understand that they want to have stuff in the bag to be able to go to when full crowds can return, and hopefully that day is sooner than later. But how long can you do that? I don't know. I just feel like Jay White. I don't know. There's a little momentum that's lost. It's not. It's not the same. Um, and he just. I, I mean, again, they they can have something in the bag for New Japan Cup, but it just feels like he's in New Japan Cup right now. And there's really nothing going on in his life. The fourth match on night one was a provisional KOPW 2021 Yano Toru style Texas strap match with Yano defeating Chase Owens in 12 minutes 50 seconds and retaining his KOPW 2021. Uh, Surprisingly not worked as a comedy match. I I don't think it was funny enough to be comedy or quite brutal enough to be a dramatic strap match. I mean, I thought the finish was quite cool that it was the first Oni Koroshi that Yano has hit since 2017. So 
thumbs up for that but I didn't care for it much myself Bash says was a strap match the best KOPW match there's been so far I mean maybe but it's not exactly a high bar to clear there yeah what would be what would be second <laughs> that's my question what would, what would be number two uh the the schmas uh, at the outdoor stadium. No, that was sucked. No, no, that wasn't good. Maybe the Zach match. I couldn't tell you anything about the Zach challenge, but it's just surely that was better than this. <laughs> I mean, this wasn't bad, was it? It's just I just. No, it was fine. I, it's, I it was hard for me to fucking get excited over, and it still is. I mean, I don't know. I just. I just I, I don't think anybody really gave a shit. <laughs> but I hope, that, no. you know. I mean, what do you want me to say? Uh, well, okay, the last thing I want to talk about from these shows was the Empire versus Tenkoji matches, where Tenzan, fucking Tenzan, he has dodged this stipulation of not being able to do Mongolian yeah. chops by doing Shin Mongolian chops. I was outraged by this statement, maybe more than I should have been, but what the fuck was the point of the Okan stipulation now that he's just blown it off? Because, you know, this is the sort of stuff that we accuse other wrestling promotions of doing where, you know, nothing matters. And I thought that having the you can't use the Mongolian chops anymore as a stipulation was really good. And now I'm thinking, well, it's meaningless now. You've thrown that in the bin. Yeah. and I mean, I don't know. Like, was there any, like, uh, press conference where... Uh He's been suspended, or there's been there's been no follow up whatsoever. Correct. Correct. All right. Uh, referee standing right in the ring, watching these chops occur, allows it to happen. Pinfall. All that 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 happened, right, Rachel? Yep. Yep. Uh, why the why, uh, what? Then why did we do this? Why was what was the point? Are we just going to forget about it now? Are we going to pretend it never happened? Help! Ha, what do we? That's the danger going forward, isn't it? Because next time they put a stipulation like this out, then I'm going to be side eyeing it, thinking, mm, you know, should I really care about this? Seeing as the last time they did it, they just blew it off. Right now, if they follow up on it and say, "Okay, Tenzan, you are suspended. You are blah blah blah." Uh, and then he's in the New Japan Cup he's got a big match with Will Ospreay coming up he sure does the 7th of March opening that right side bracket in a hard hitting contest (laughs) do you get the joke the guy always said hard hitting contest Uh, uh, yeah it feels like they've completely ignored and we're moving forward. I don't know. That's silly to me. What What was the point? I mean, not that this was the, like the most major of storylines, but it still is Tenzon, who, I mean, that is his move. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I Look, I guess they're going to men in black us and, you know, put the gun to our head and make us forget. Uh, I, maybe that's it. Who knows? I don't have an answer. Somebody call New Japan. You know what? While you're complaining about Marty Skrull, can we also can we also write in and be like, and what the fuck is going on with these chops? Justice for <laughs> Okan. Right. God damn it. All right. All right. Are we done with these fucking castle attack shows? 
Well, just two more questions. Wrestling with my girl says, with regards to the Bullet Club stuff, that seems to be the main cause of I Doesn't all the overdone cheating undermine the wrestler's credibility? The audience is told evil GODJ can't do anything on their own and real heat. If any goes to New Japan, yes, is my answer to that question. Yes. Too much. Yes. Uh, again, too much. Again, you want to establish heels. I understand that. You want to have some outside interference to get the fans pissed off to see them get their their you know, asses beat maybe later on down the road. Sure, fine. But every fucking night, like it's just like, okay, we get it. And Sentient Amanita says, when was the last time that a New Japan show was as consistently good for as long as the back half of Castle Attack Night 2? Is it the last time that there was a stretch of three matches where two were... Okan, Tanahashi and Naito Ibushi because both of those might have been better uh, again I think uh, New Beginning in Nagoya and both nights of Wrestle Kingdom I thought top to bottom were outstanding like really tremendous entertainment so I think if we you know just look at those four shows then we'd say ah oh, you know New Japan's back to its best but uh, unfortunately there's a lot of other crap we have to wade through but um, okay let's move on to the title unification because oh. uh, the Oh, I know. <laughs> the lineages of the IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental titles have been merged and will now become the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. El Desperado and Kota Ibushi will meet in the last defense of the IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Championships tomorrow. The winner will become the first ever IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. There will be a new belt presented to the champion. A lot of questions for this, Damon. Uh, Booze Leprechaun says, New Year, new belt. Do we think New Japan will come right out the gate with a definitive run for the new IWGP World Heavyweight title to establish a baseline for others to chase? Daniel says, I'm fine with getting rid of the white belt, but why get rid of probably the coolest looking belt in the history of pro wrestling? I'm very sad about this. James says, now Damon's got his wish and the titles are unified. How does he feel? Uh, the, the video announcing this, Damon, has been the dislike ratio for the, the Japanese YouTube channel is overwhelming. There's like... I don't know, last I checked, about 300 likes and almost 3,000 dislikes. So it seems that the Japanese fans hate this. Uh, Classic Catch says, how does the backlash to news about the Intercontinental and Heavyweight belts compare to the backlash that led to the fan poll for Wrestle Kingdom 8? Could this backlash lead to them changing their minds? So, Damon, your, your big picture thoughts on this title unification. All right. So first and foremost, it's not like this hasn't happened before. And... I'll give you the All Japan Pro Wrestling Triple Crown Championship. And in the height of New Japan, or excuse me, All Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, this company decided to merge three titles. One of which was would be the equivalent of the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. The other ones were like an NWA affiliated title and you know, three belts. And there were some big fucking names holding these titles. Again, Stan Hansen, Harley Race, Jumbo Saruta, Tenru, uh, list goes on and on. Of big names holding these titles. And then they decide to merge. And it worked pretty fucking good for them. Right? But there was a purpose to that. These were associations and belts that were associated with maybe uh, an olden time. Uh, and uh, the idea of merging them into... A, a singular championship and and not really a merge they were they, they, everybody carried the three titles right they were still there and it was almost that they were kind of recognized that they were part of the the triple crown very similar to what we have with the intercontinental and the and the um heavyweight title uh but yet the triple crown was formed this feels different to me this feels one what's the purpose of it 
what's what, like what's the benefit of doing this? What is the like where why? Because a wrestler in a promo said that's what he wants to do, so the company's like, "Okay, let's do it." Makes no sense. We knew we were going to get bullshit and nonsense when we were talking about these double gold and a, and, a, and a single champion holding both belts. We knew that there was going to be some convoluted nonsense to get us to split these belts up or get the end of the story to wrap up. No one in their wildest dreams thought that, okay, not only the Intercontinental title, but the IWGP Heavyweight Championship would now be off the table. It seems ludicrous to me. It seems, why? Uh it it, I, I, it makes no sense to me. So, and correct me if I'm wrong, Joel, the histories of these belts end with this title defense, correct? Well, they just said the lineages would be merged, so I don't know what that means. I mean, I've seen suggestions like maybe before the title match you could have on both screens, like one screen showing the IWGP lineage and then one screen showing the Intercontinental oh lineage. I don't know. Like, We'd have to wait and see how that pans out, but the, the, yeah, the word they used was merged. Okay, but that they're, they're different titles and they're different people and they're, and and for the most part, you know, it's one belt signified a stepping stone to the heavyweight title. You can't merge these things, you know. It's not. It's like I don't know. I was going to give you a terrible analogy. It's like saying the history of computers and you're merging a Windows desktop and a Mac desktop. You know, it's not the same thing. I don't like it, man. I think it's silly. I think it's uncalled for. I think it's it's head scratchy. It's it, it, it. There's no reason to do it. Like it's just a thing that they're doing. That just why? They're, why would you do this? It makes no sense. Yeah, I don't really have anything to add. I just I think it's a mistake. I think it seems like. Pretty much across the board, people are against this idea. Uh, if they do scrap the lineage of the IWGP heavyweight title, then that's a, a huge misstep for me because I think that history is one of the reasons that made it so prestigious. And also the look of the belt is iconic. So I don't know if they will roll this back seeing the fan backlash to it, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. But from What's what I've heard so far, I, I don't know. Sell more <laughs> merchandise, you know, get people to buy a new title. Uh, to maybe freshen things up. Maybe they want to get rid of some of those names on the the old titles lineage. Um, streamlining things. Maybe they want to have new narratives going forward with you know some reason for guys like Okada or Tanahashi or, or Naito to chase that they've never held this newly merged title before. I don't know. None of them make particularly compelling reasons to me. Like they, this is a company that will create belts and drop them quickly. I mean, what was that? That U thirty belt. And- uh, I mean, that, that, that's not strange for this company. So let's be clear on that. Uh, two, uh, merging of titles that 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 has happened before, and and major titles have been merged together, even in other promotions. It's just the timing of this. Like it just seems like a real like when I don't know. I I just don't see what positive could come from this. Uh, especially the, the I don't know I just, I just, boy it just feels you know what this feels like this feels like a like a corporate 
boardroom decision. This feels like a bunch of fucking suits from Bushy Road in a in a conference room saying, I got, I got a great idea. Why don't we do this? And everybody oh, no, it feels like they, they've got a, a consultancy firm in. And right. consultancy firm, you've got no knowledge or appreciation of pro wrestling and being like, right, you need to rebrand this and have a new title and new marketing. Blah, 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 blah. Right. Doesn't it feel like that? Because it feel it's just uh, it's that's the only like the only answer I can give is somebody who knows nothing about this made this decision. That's what it feels like to me. It feels like somebody who has no concept of why people enjoy this product made a decision about this product. Uh, that's the only answer I can give, and I can be dead wrong about that. That's 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 what it feels like to me. Well, maybe El Desperado can save us. We've got the anniversary coming up tomorrow, uh, Thursday, March 4th. So by the time you listen to this, it may have already happened, but our card is Master Watto, Gabriel Kidd, Tomaki Honma, Hiroki Goto versus Doki, Zack Sabre Jr., Suzuki, and Taichi. Second match, we've got Taguchi, Hanare, Finley, Juice, Tanahashi against Ishimori, White, Chase Owens, Kenta, and Evil. Third match, we've got Sho Ishii and Okada versus Bushi, Sanada, and Shingo. Fourth match, New Japan Cup first round, Satoshi Kojima versus Jeff Cobb. Fifth match, New Japan Cup first round, Tetsuya Naito versus Great Okan, and the main event, IWGP Heavyweight and IWGP Intercontinental Double Championship match with Ibushi defending both his titles against the challenger, El Desperado. So, thinking of this uh, main event, Damon, uh, Renegade Dugong said, should the merged IC and heavyweight title belt strap be made of the same material and pattern as El Desperado's mask? Uh, Louis says, too excited for Ibushi versus Despi, though I don't expect Despi to win. That said, if he does win, what the scenario is possible for him after... Uh, Okada says he's going after the belts again. Suzuki paranoid as top dog of Suzuki can goes after him. Shingo, Nagata as a defense, Taichi. Uh, so, Damon, your thoughts on this main event, Ibushi versus Despi. Despi main event in the Budokan Hall again. Um, is this creatively bankrupt or no? <laughs> no, Mr. Meltzer, it's not. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it, it's actually refreshing and fun and exciting and... Yeah, I think you know, given the and calls the, back to their history, their their little feud they had in twenty fourteen. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and given the cards that New Japan had been dealt with the injury uh, to Hiromu, uh, I think they've made the most out of a fucking unfortunate situation for sure. Uh, no, I think I'm uh, I'm excited for this. Um, I think it's going to be fucking awesome, actually. Uh, so no, I I'm I'm all in on this main event. I don't think Despy wins, but that being said, name me a junior who's ever won these matches. Um, but I think it's going to be fantastic match. Wonderful. Agreed. I'm very much looking forward to it. Again, I don't think Despy wins, but I think I'm more... I mean, these are the two of the best wrestlers in the company right now, two of the consistently highest performers in recent months, so there's no way the match isn't going to be great. Um, and another huge feather in Despi's cap being able to main event Budokan Hall again and this yep. is exactly the sort of rub he needs to get if he is going to be elevated and established as a, a top guy in the company which as we've talked about he thoroughly deserves so that's the anniversary show let's move on to the New Japan Cup then so Count Outpost says are you sure you should review the New Japan Cup it seems like a bad omen but uh, yeah we're going to throw caution to the wind and go <laughs> ahead and do it anyway um, we have a uh, wonderful Chris Sampson has set up a Pickums competition for us, which you can find at his website, sportofprowrestling.com forward slash superjcast. That's sportofprowrestling.com 
forward slash superjcast and you can submit your picks uh, Damon has kindly donated some prizes we've got uh, well you tell us what the prizes are Damon yeah um, I mean I, there might be more um, but I have a, uh, I have a whole book of like autographed 8x10s that just sit there um, not to devalue it but uh, I figure why not we'll do uh, an Okada 8x10 autograph I also have uh, a New Japan Pro Wrestling official t-shirt it is a medium evil t-shirt um so hopefully you're uh, fit and can squeeze into that if not give it to someone you love uh and then again i i I'll probably have some other things i'll throw in there some mystery surprise stuff um so we'll make the prize pack uh worth your time sure and let's do our pickums then i mean I'll just let you know, Dave, before we do our pickups, that the holiday, Christopher Mace, has picked Jay White to win the whole thing. So let's see, are we going to follow his predictions as well? Uh, let's do our brackets then. You got your brackets with you? I got it. I got it. All right. So uh, Evil is getting a bye into the second round because he is the holder of the New Japan Cup. He won it last year. So first match then for us to talk about is Satoshi Kojima versus Jeff Cobb. So playing into the feud that the Empire have had with Tenkoji. I think this would be really good. I think Kojima can still go as a singles wrestler and Jeff Cobb is one of the most improved wrestlers in the company. So I'm expecting this to be a really good match and I'm picking Jeff Cobb as my winner. Yeah, I think Cobb gets to win. I mean, given you know the Empire's lack of success um, in recent days against Kojima and Tenzan. So uh, yeah, I think this is a no-brainer. We don't want Kojima to go too deep into this. Uh He's an old man. <laughs> one, one round is enough. So Jeff Cobb will uh, go on and, and uh, he will meet evil. Then we have Tetsuya Naito versus Great O'Connor. So a real oh. bracket buster here to start us off. Yeah. I, yeah. as much as I love Naito, I'm picking Great O'Connor here. I think he needs this win because he lost his singles matches to Okada. He's lost twice to Tanahashi. I think he needs this win. This is going to be a statement win where people are going to have to set up and take notice that Great O'Connor is here to stay, and he's going to be a player. So my winner here is the Great Hakan. The only thing that has me worried about this, well, first of all, I hate these fucking first round two guys that I want to see move on. One of them has to be eliminated. I hate that. I really do. But, okay, makes the first round much more interesting for sure. Um, I always kind of look in advance, right? So Naito, the way the brackets form out, it would be in the same pocket, in the same quarter, we'll call it, um, as evil, right? And I think evil has a very good shot of going pretty deep, uh, which would set up Naito evil eventually down the line in that quarter pocket of the bracket. Um, and I think that that might be a. Do we do an, another Naito evil match in New Japan Cup, or do we? go for fresh matchup and Okan evil, if we're assuming they meet. Um, I think Okan needs to win. I'd like to see Okan get the win. I think Naito, there's no real super benefit of him. I think they both need to win, to be honest with you. Like, does Naito, doesn't Naito need a win here too? So, you know, doesn't it feel like he could use a win? I think he could use a rest, which is why I think he goes out. Yeah, yeah you're probably right on that, too. I'll go Okan, too. I'll say Okan against the upset. Okay, then we have Toriano against Bad Luck Farley, which I'm sure will be a, a riveting match. Um, I yeah, This is a tricky one. I'm going to pick 
Yano to go through. Yeah, this is a total fucking coin flip. Um, I'll go Farley just to play the devil's advocate. Okay, uh, then we have Goto against Taichi, the original cartwheel deathmatch. Yeah. I don't know, I'm expecting this one to be better than their, their first few matches together. I think this would be really good. Hard hitting, for sure. Both guys really need a win here, but I'm going to go with my heart here and pick Taichi. I'll tell you what, I, I sent you that fucking show, that March 5th, that's a Corkin. Oh, what a terrible show. <laughs> that's a terrible fucking show of Corkin. Um, all, all those multi-man tags, just, oh, God almighty. And these two were the main event. Um, you're going Goto? No, I'm picking Taichi. Oh, Taichi. I am too. Then we have another huge match in the first round. We've got Kazuchika Okada against Shingo Takagi, which was a tremendous match in the G1 Climax. So hopefully they deliver more of the same here. Uh, I think this is a kind of stylistic match which is better for Okada with a guy like Shingo with high pace, high intensity, high aggression who's going to push Okada and not let him have, uh, not let him sleepwalk his way through a match. And I'm going to go with the upset here. I'm going to go for Shingo. Shingo wins. He would face the winner of Goto and Taichi, which had me thinking, all right, I, th- I think Shingo goes deep. Um... So I'm taking Shingo over Okada. Uh, but then it's like, okay, so who do I want? Not who do I want, but who do I think second round? And that's where I was a little bit hesitant on Goto and Taichi. Because um, I think Shingo and Goto might be a New Japan type match. Uh, I'm going Shingo to win, though, here on the sixth against Okada, though. Then we got Tomwaki Honma against Minoru Suzuki. Which, I like that one on paper, actually. I think, you know, Homer gets a lot of shit, but his singles matches are always compelling, even if they're not the fastest and most most uh, athletically uh, dynamic matches. I think this one will be good. They're going to hit each other really hard. Oh, well, Suzuki's going to hit Homer hard, at least. And I'll pick a Suzuki. I'm picking Suzuki uh, only because the next bracket on the 13th... Uh, has a possibility of something that I would really want to see. Um, yeah, Honma and Suzuki winner faces the winner of Juice and Kenta. Um, so I'm picking Suzuki here, and then I'll follow up to end the bracket, Joel. Juice versus Kenta, and I'm taking Kenta, which would give us on the 13th, Suzuki versus Kenta. I, I'm kind of into that. Yeah, there's a lot of really potentially sexy matches with Kenta having a run on this side of the bracket but yeah both guys need the win here I'm going with Juice I think Juice wins because I think Kenta versus Suzuki is something you want to save for maybe a bigger spot I don't know I don't, you know we're going to be wrong about most of these yeah. anyway so yeah <laughs> Juice is my pick I'm going with Juice um, okay, let's go to the right side of the bracket then. We've got Hiroshi Tenzan against Will Ospreay. Tenzan, who's faced no repercussions from his flagrant breach of his, his contract. But uh, Tenzan gets Ospreay, and yeah, there's no way Tenzan's winning this. So uh, an easy Ospreay win. And I think it'll be a good match as well. Again, I know Tenzan is maybe on his last legs here, but he had a tremendous match in last year's New Japan Cup against Yoshihashi. And 
if Osprey can put his uh, ridiculous Shawn Michaels-esque overselling to one side, I think this one could be pretty good. But Osprey wins. Osprey wins. I don't think there's any chance Tenzan wins. How about that? Then we got Gabriel Kidd against Zack Sabre Jr. I'm really glad they put this as a singles match because seeing them yeah. in their tag encounters together was very, very good. They got good chemistry. I think they've wrestled each other in singles matches before. But Gabriel Kidd's a young line, so he's not going to win this. So Zack Sabre Jr. goes through. Yeah, Zach goes through. Zach goes through. Um, that's, but I am totally looking forward to that match. Um, you know, I'm looking uh, just at dates. Um, the March 6th show looks really good. That has the Okada Shingo, the Honma Suzuki, and the Kenta Juice all in the same show on the 6th. That's a, that's a sexy show. And then the 7th has Tenzan, Osprey, Kid, Zach. Which I think would be pretty good too. All right, so that's not bad. I, yeah, I'm taking Zach. So we'll see Will Zach. All right, nice. There we got Yuji Nagata against Yotosuji. Of course, Nagata's going to win this because Suji's a young line. I'll be very surprised if Suji wins. Um, I like the pair up. I think I always like to see the young line going against their, the, the you know the senpai kohai thing going on. Um, I think Yotosuji will acquit himself well, but I'm picking Nagata to go through. Me too, and that will confirm my uh, small wager last uh, week of Nagata getting to the second round. He'll get to the second round. Um, this, again, is on March 9th, and then also on that same is uh, Ishii and Sonata, um, where I'll take... Uh, who am I taking there? Probably Sonata, right? Fuck. Yeah, yep. it's a, co- a coin toss for me as well, but I'm leaning towards... Sanada, who, again, I'm just looking at who needs wins more. Sanada is a guy who is more of a future ahead of him than Ishii. So whilst I prefer Ishii as a wrestler, I think Sanada gets the win. Correct. Right. So that would mean we would get Nagata Sanada later down the road. All right. Uh, Potato, potato. Let's call the whole thing off. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Finley against Chase Owens. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about this one. I'm going to go with Finley. Because I think Chase Owens has had has had more than enough uh, big singles matches in New Japan to last him a while. So I want to see more of Finley. I think he could do a bit of rehabbing because we haven't seen him on the screens for for much. I would agree, but so I think it's going to be Chase because if you look at the bracket on the tenth, you got Chase versus David Finley, and then also on the tenth you have Yoshihashi against Yujiro Takahashi, and I don't think they would do. Uh, I think Yoshihashi wins that one, right? So um, if Yoshihashi's winning that one, I wouldn't be surprised if the, the Bullet Club member, one of the two Bullet Club members are moving on. And if I'm saying Yoshihashi beats Yujiro, that eliminates one, Chase goes on. So we'll have uh, Yoshihashi chase later on. Then. Yeah, I like your logic, but I'm picking... David Finley, anyway. And yeah, Yoshihashi against Yujiro. I'm picking Yoshihashi to win that as well. Uh, Toei Hinari versus Jay White. Uh, an all New Zealand encounter here. Yeah. This, uh, you know, hopefully Toei Hinari making up for lost time here. He lost out on his big Korakuen main, main event against Ishii last year. Now he's got a big match against Jay White. And I think he will acquit himself well, maybe come really close, but Jay White will win. Or will it? I don't know. What, wouldn't it be great I, if Hinari yes. gets the upset? But I, I don't think That's he will. Saying. I'm picking Jay White, but oh, my head says fucking Jay. 
But man, do I want Hanare to fucking win. Because then you get Hanare and Tanahashi. Where there's, you know, the friendly, uh, you know, the friendliness between Hanare and Tanahashi. Although, I mean, the marquee matchup would be White-Tanahashi. And then White eliminates Tanahashi. And then now we have a never program. Just saying. Right? Yeah. yeah, if he's interested in the Never title. I don't know. I think that Jay White might be above that, but we'll see. I definitely, I mean, you know, I, that, that's something I've got booked in as well. So I've got, I mean, obviously Hiroshi Tanahashi's getting a bye as the only other heavyweight singles title holder. He's the Never champion, so he's going through. So yeah, I, I would have Jay and uh, Tanahashi in the next round. But uh, yeah, yeah you picking that. Jay over Hanari? Yeah, I want Hanari to win, but yeah, I think Jay. And again, Jay against Tanahashi in the next round. Tanahashi, you're never champion. I don't know. It kind of, kind of makes a little sense. And we just talked about Jay White not really having anything to do. He would instantly have something to do. All right, let's go to our second round then in the brackets. And I have Evil versus Jeff Cobb. I'd love Jeff Cobb to win this, but I have Evil as the winner. He is going to pull some dastardly shenanigans with the help of Dick Togo. You know, hopefully, it will be a good match with two... Uh, big boys I hope they have the sort of hostile match that I think they should uh, I wouldn't bet money on it but who knows but my pick would be Evil to go through to the quarterfinals Evil's moving on um, and again just looking at brackets that would eliminate one of the uh, Empire United Empire uh, but we would still have Great Khan left in the mix if we continued on so um, that would give us an Evil Khan. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say evil moves on and then, um, but Okan versus either Fale or Yano, I said Fale, so I'll say Okan beats that and then we wind up having evil and Okan. Yeah, I have e- Okan against Yano and Okan winning, but I do prefer the idea of Okan beating Fale, but I've got Okan beating Yano, but anyway, so we've got Great Okan going through to the quarterfinals. And then Taichi against Shingo, which uh, is a match we've seen twice before in the G1 Climax. I thought both of them have been excellent, and I have Shingo winning this one. Correct. I have the same as well. Then no analysis. We have... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got middle... Well, you know, these are hypothetical matches. There's no point uh, previewing a, a stylistic match of that isn't definitely going to happen. So, uh, Minoru Suzuki against Juice Robinson. I have uh, in my bracket and I am having Juice Robinson with this one I think he needs oh. a bit of a bit of shine getting back on the the wins well I got Suzuki Kenta and um, hmm. I'm going Kenta Then moving to the other side, I have, uh, well, I think we both have Will Ospreay versus Zack Sabre Jr. Very sexy match. Two outstanding matches they had last year. One in Redfro, one in New Japan. And I have Will Ospreay winning this one. Yes. Uh, same here. Should be great. Uh, and, yeah, we'll, we'll move on. Then I have Yuji Nagata against Sanada, and I have Sanada winning that one. Same Z's for me. I have David Finney against Yoshihashi, and Yoshihashi is my winner. I have Chase Yoshihashi, and uh, I as well have Yoshihashi as my winner. 
Yeah, he always seems to do quite well in New Japan Cup, Yoshihashi. Then I've got Jay White versus Hiroshi Tanahashi and Jay White as my winner. Correct. I had the same as well. So we're very similar so far. So making it to the semis, I guess it is. It's, uh, what do we got? Okan. Oh, no, we got Evil, Okan, Shingo, and Kenta for me in that side. I have Osprey, Sonata, Yoshihashi, Jay White. So my first quarterfinal, Evil against Okan. Maybe a bit of a strange heel versus heel match here, which makes me doubt that it's going to happen, but uh, I have Evil going through to the semis. Yeah, me too, unfortunately. I have that as well. Then I've got Shingo Takagi against Juice Robinson, and I have Shingo winning. I have Shingo Kenta, and I have Shingo winning. Then in my third quarterfinal, I have Will Ospreay versus Sanada, and Will Ospreay as the winner. I have that as well. And Yoshihashi against Jay White. Jay White winning. That is correct as well. All right. So that means for the semis, it's Evil versus Shingo, right? I have we both have the same, right? We both have Evil versus Shingo, yes. and Will versus Jay White, right? Correct. All right. Evil versus Shingo. I'll go Shingo. Me too. And then Will versus Jay. Good will. Me too. So our finals, main event, 21st, Shingo, Will Ospreay. How we feeling? <laughs> what Shingo get eliminated by Okada in the first round? He's, gonna, <laughs> right, right, he's so. going to sleep. He's going to nap. He's yep, going to get clipped. Yep. Clipped. <laughs> this is all going to be in the bin uh, by the weekend. Uh, see, what I'm thinking is uh, Will Ospreay wins you know i've had, had him pegged into winning new japan cup because i think it will be a great way to establish him as a, a serious heavyweight title challenger and then maybe you could have shingo challenging next at don taku because i do want to see a challenge from shingo as well because there's a nice little story with ibushi going through the various members of lij uh, i don't know if they're going to keep going with that so i'm picking will osprey to beat shingo but it's close I could see an argument for having Shingo win it as well, but Osprey's my pick. Osprey's the guy. Um, I, he is my pick, and to me, he's a guy that kind of we need to put a little, little bit, little bit of a fire underneath him. So that's a perfect way to to do that. Give him a nice little heavyweight uh, win. I know uh, never titles was in the mix somewhere in his lifetime, but again, this would be a nice little little stamp. Uh, to make him a top guy in the heavyweight division, um, yeah, I think uh, I think that'll be a smart move. Again, this will all be for naught after today because half of our fucking brackets will be busted. But uh, a fun little exercise nonetheless. But I still think Win- Will at the end of the day is your guy. Yeah, so don't forget to get your picks in at sportprowrestling.com forward slash superjcast. I think that's right anyway. <laughs> deleted it in my notes now. But uh, there, uh, some questions then. I have a question from my friend, fellow Smartcast member, Sipsy. Uh, I want to wish him oh. congratulations, him and Sanya, on their engagement. 
sorry, I almost certainly won't be able to be there for the wedding. I wish I were. Uh, but all the best to you guys. I love you both. Uh, Sipsy says, Aussie Open got mentioned on English commentary at Castle Attack. Any chance they are due to return to New Japan? Uh, we haven't heard no word of them being brought back. Uh, or, yeah, maybe, or maybe something for World Tag League. Yeah. Um, but I, like, not only have... And this is not saying that they're not, but, like, their names have never been brought up in any conversation. So um, it, 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 that could heat up very easily, but no, we have not heard anything. Kao Razen says, do you think with Hiromi's injury that New Japan should make getting Leo Rush over to Japan a priority? They can push him as a big deal by acknowledging his current success in MLW and AAA. Is Leo Rush a wrestler that could check a lot of boxes by being a potential instant star for the junior division in Japan, giving their current roster some more diversity and being a big money match when Hiromu eventually returns? Junior division built around Leo Rush, Despi and Elfa and Tasmo sounds quite interesting to me. He and his wife just had a baby. I don't know what their plans are, but perhaps relocating the family to Japan could be a positive for them. So, yeah, I mean, we touched on Leo Rush before. If I were in charge of New Japan, I would be definitely doing my absolute best to persuade Leo Rush to make the move over to Japan. I mean, maybe not permanently at first, but definitely get him over for a few tournaments. Get get him over for best of the Super Juniors and see how we go. They would be they would be absolutely dumb to not bring him over for best of the Super Juniors at the very least. Um, that that would just be a mind bogglingly dumb move. Um, uh, you know, it, it really depends on his life, right? Uh, if New Japan were to commit two years to the gentleman, I would have no problem whatsoever with that. Um, yeah, I mean it's a it's a smart move for, for everybody, and if, if if it can work logistically. Flynn says, any thoughts why New Japan and CMLL made that statement? Can we also read into? Anything into the fact that ROH were not involved as it was always a three-way partnership. I see that CMLL mentioned more as a kind of, hey, I know we missed Fantastic Mania, but we're still we're still friends. Don't worry about yeah. us. Yeah. They renewed their vows. That's yeah. what they did. <laughs> On okay, a so Zoom Twitter- call. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, I hope they are able to get some talent over. Um, that makes me think of Ryu Lee as well. I hope they can get him over as well. I know he's not necessarily affiliated with them so much these days uh twitter matt says with the belts merged this definitely has the door open for the junior belt to main event one night at the dome do you think despy versus hiromu would be the match so damon if we are doing two tokyo dome shows again do you think hiromu versus despy could main event night one uh yeah as long as it's like hiromu's first match back um like yes it, it 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 could happen. Um, we could also have Wrestle Kingdom on Mars eventually, um, but I don't think it's a crazy, preposterous idea. Um, the fact that it's never been done before is the only thing that's really holding it back. Because if they wanted to, they could build that up to be important enough to headline the dome, and those two guys have a built-in storyline that already is tailor-made to do so, um, they would just need to put in the the legwork. And New Japan has proven in the past that they can do that. Um, It's a matter of if they want to. But could it? Yes. 
Sean says thoughts on G.O.D., El Fantasmo, Ishimori and Hikoleo showing up on Impact, AEW and Strong. And could you see the NWA tag titles being defended on Strong since J.R. Kratos is one of the title holders? I mean, the idea of Strong being a place where people can get work and the idea of Impact being a place where people that are affiliated with New Japan and living in the United States can get work is a good thing. Yes, I mean, we've seen it happen already. So, yeah, the possibilities are there for all those guys. Now, whether they have the availability, whether they want to, whether the office is saying, okay, you're booked here, go, and and contractually they have to go, yes, all those things are on the table. So, yeah, we could see any any of those mid-card tag team in the mix, those type of guys, if they're available, and, you know, a guy like Juice and Finley who live in the States or, you know, have have ties to the United States where it's not as difficult. Yeah. You could, you, uh, there's no reason why it couldn't happen. Let's put it that way at this point. Bash says two bangers of anniversary main event matches being lost due to COVID slash injury. Uh, Naito versus Hiromu in 2020. Ibushi versus Hiromu 2021. Do we get to see at least one of them when Hiromu's back? So what are the chances you think of us seeing Hiromu versus Naito or, and or Hiromu versus Ibushi? I feel like Hiromu versus Naito is an inevitability. I, just, I don't know when or where or what stage, but I'm sure that's going to happen at some point. Yeah, I would agree 100%. I think that's... That, that, to me, that's closer to main eventing a, a dome than than even Hiromo chasing the junior title. Um, but yeah, I think eventually, eventually we're, you're going to see Hiromo and, and Naito sharing the same ring. Absolutely. Samuel says, Now, Suji once again showed his allegiance to Tanahashi. How can Tanahashi deny Suji's third-year request to be his tag partner in World Tag League? I mean, we're, we're a long <laughs> way away from World Tag League. Uh, I, I would like to see Yota Suji be out on excursion at some point. I don't know if that will be possible, but I mean, him and Tanahashi tagging together in World Tag League, I, I, maybe Suji would have to fight Toa Hinare for the right to tag with Tanahashi. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, Tanahashi always loves bringing those... Uh, Let's just say uh, not quite at his star caliber tag team partners to to take those falls. Um, he's a good guy. I wouldn't be surprised if you see it. Won't be surprised. Louis says now that New Japan has hit the reset button with the heavyweight title, who do both of you think was the greatest IWGP heavyweight champion in its history? Uh, well, I mean, if we're looking at gates and money and when business was booming... You got to put Muto on the t- on near the top of that list, right? I mean, his match with Takata at the Dome at the time was, you know, uh, a record setter. Um, so I think that's an important one. I think Shinya Hashimoto is in that same boat as well. Um, I mean, Anoki is like a nice little figurehead in a sense of you know he was the 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 face of the promotion for the longest time. <laughs> self-imposed face of the promotion for the longest time. So, I mean, do you consider that important? Um, you know, modern times, Okada's got to be on that list, having the longest reign. Um, 
being the champion and and the the top guy in a, you know for the promotion having the most profitability that it's ever had. So, yeah, I mean, I think you're safe by putting in those three or four guys. Uh, my pick would be Tanahashi. I love Tanahashi, and I think he was a, an outstanding champion. A very difficult time for the company. So. Uh, there we go. Uh, ben says the unification is extremely saddening to me. What are some of your favorite intercontinental title matches? I think everybody kind of points to Nakamura and Ibushi, right? I think that's got to be on the list. Um, top of top of the rung. Naito's had some great ones too. Um, Naito Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom eleven. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. Yep. Um, those those have to be damn near top of the list. I'll tell you what, wasn't there a, a, a Naito Elgin Intercontinental title match that was pretty great? Was that yes, for the Intercontinental yes, title? that's right. That was. I think that was New Beginning 2017. That's Could be wrong. Great. Yeah, that one was outstanding. Yeah. So there's been a few. There's been a few that have been really great. Um, so was AJ Nakamura for the Intercontinental? Uh, yes, I think it was. That was that pretty good, too. Um so yeah, there, there's been quite a few. Rob says, looking at the field of the New Japan Cup and with the Intercontinental title gone, do some of the mid-card slash upper mid-card need to move on slash load out to freshen things up? Much like the Suzuki Gunnoa scenario a few years ago, some absence could make the heart grow fonder. I was thinking actually, you know, talking about all these wrestlers who look pretty cold and got nothing to do, that their roster seems a bit bloated at the moment. I don't know if this is just poor booking or they've just got too many people on their hands, but do you think, what, what do you think about the idea of some of these guys being shipped off elsewhere? Like where? DNA? I mean, you know what I mean? Like where, where, where are we shipping? Like, it's not like we have this feeder system. You're going to send them strong. You're going to send them to, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't. To me, I don't. F- My major issue is not the staleness of the people. It's the staleness of the of, of the booking and the fact that it's just, you know, some of it is just not sticking, and and the and the inconsistency, and the fact that, um, you again, all the things we talked about at the top of the show. So, um, I mean, again, where are you moving them? And you're not going to have a talent swap. Let's put it that way. You're not going to have a fucking draft where, uh, you know, guys are standing at a fucking podium and we're, we're, and we're cherry-picking people from AEW and vice versa. That's not going to happen. Jamie says, should New Japan have looked into booking more Japanese freelancers while the foreign wrestlers are missing or are the shows too short to fit in a roster bigger than what they have now? Yeah, absolutely not. I think they their roster is big enough, Chuckle. if not too big. And here's the Bills. thing. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. I, you know, here's the thing. Again, I, it's not like those promotions are are selling out buildings. And I get the fact that giving those guys work um, on bigger shows it would help them. I just, again, I don't know where you would put them on on a New Japan show um, that would be beneficial for everybody. I just, there's just not enough room. 
Bill says, always forget to watch Strong when I remember to. I kick myself because it's a great show. Their ad breaks are even funny. But why is Alex Kozlov working with Kevin? Can't they get anyone else? Did Ghetto make some solemn promise to Kozlov's dad? Does he have dirt on someone? Um, <laughs> they, they do seem to have persisted with Kozlov longer than they have done with uh, other less uh, high-quality announcers. Yeah. Um, I think that's a... a a rocky situation, right? I mean, I, I don't have it confirmed, but that's my assumption is that, you know, Rocky pulled that string. Yes, I agree. So I just go, my finger, I'm trying, I, my, my volume slide, I'm trying to slide up from, there's, I don't have an unmute button. So each time I have to unmute myself, I have to click the microphone slider on Audacity and slide it up and sometimes my fingers are not very good. I'm really tired. Oh, Let's do that, one more question. That's what, what Matt says. Hey! <laughs> Come on. Uh, Matt says, what would you put as the odds for Okada signing with a US promotion in the next five years? Seems like he might be looking to take his career to the next level soon and he already worked with a proto AW by doing All In. By taking your career to the next level, you mean being incredibly boring, right? <laughs> because he's tailor-made for one U.S. company. That's for fucking sure. Um, five years? Five years is a long time in pro wrestling speak, Joel. Five years is a long time. I'll say... Like, like signing full-time? Yes. I can't say. I think he's going to be a New Japan lifer. Ten, yeah. I'm, I'm like 10, 20% at most. Five years is a long time. A lot of things can happen in five years. At max, I'll go 20%. All right. Well, that's it for today. So, again, if you want to get your pickums in for New Japan Cup, make sure you do it before uh, the anniversary show starts. That's sportofprowrestling.com forward slash superjcast. So thanks again to Chris Sampson for setting that up. Redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast if you want to donate some money to show your appreciation for us. Thank you very much for the people who have given us money. We have received it. We don't know who sent it. We don't get told that information. We just get given the money. But uh, thank you very much. I mean, if you want to let us know, uh, if you've sent us money, I'll happily give you a shout out on the podcast. So we appreciate you. Uh, Discord link is in the show notes. Uh, Cobra Kawaii and ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash SuperJCast if you want to buy one of our t-shirts. Thanks as always to Editor Dan who is on Twitter at LousyHero219. You can subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows. Please give us a five-snake review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at the SuperJCast. Thank you everyone for listening and goodbye. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 